Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 13 Weeks of Halloween. <laughs> Sam Baxter. <laughs> Hello, Pissy Miles. What's new with you? Uh, not a lot. I'm very happy right now. I have a pumpkin spice latte. I'm very, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm very jealous. <laughs> I wish to God I could have one. I've been so bad on my diet. <laughs> I've, I've, not to start off the podcast the way we always do, but the other day <laughs> I went to Trader Joe's and I was, uh, of course, it's Trader Joe's. It's like, basic white woman mecca and so i went there and i was shopping i wanted taco stuff because they have these like um uh, what 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 do they mean jicama they have jicama wraps these like little like they're the size of like a small soft taco they have these soft like jicama taco shells that are maybe two grams of carbs for like two or three of them i think it's some some, like ridiculously low carbohydrate level and so i use those when i make tacos and not only are they low carb and great for my diet but they taste really good and i find you don't need like lettuce or anything like that on the taco because you have jicama jicama which is really just kind of like a very watery um Root vegetable. Root believe, vegetable, yeah. yeah. And and so it's like a very thin wrap that it it it's a bit like a lettuce wrap, but it tastes better. And okay. it has more of a crunchy kind of taco-y consistency. Okay. So I really like it. I had gone there to get jicama wraps because I wanted tacos. And I walk in and of course it's Trader Joe's white woman mecca. And they have like an entire pumpkin section. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just have a look. <laughs> <laughs> That's dangerous. That's like half of their their inventory right now is pumpkin spice flavored. Oh, more than half. It was like the majority. It was like if I had wanted to, I probably could have gotten pumpkin spice jicama wraps if I had wanted to. <laughs> but I didn't. And uh, so I went into the pumpkin section. I was just like, I was like, let me have a look. And I'm looking around and I found pumpkin ravioli mm-hmm. and i was like well <laughs> if i if i manage this just right maybe i can do this because <laughs> i don't eat pasta at all anymore right. i don't eat any pasta and so i bought them and i was like i'm going to regret this i know it and i sat down the other day in preparation for the movie we watched for this week's episode mm-hmm. i sat down to watch john carpenter's halloween 1978 right and I was like, I want to eat dinner while I'm doing this. So I made the pumpkin ravioli and I made a cream-based maple brown butter, like, sauce. It was was a sauce. It wasn't a glaze. It was because it had, like, half and half and 
uh, brown butter, which for anyone who doesn't know is just kind of like reduced butter. You're yeah. you're separating the butter and then browning the the butter fats. Um, and then it had some garlic and it had uh, maple syrup and and a few other. Th- I threw in some cloves and some mm-hmm. nutmeg to make it like pumpkin spicy and yeah. Uh, I personally like really sweet things. People are probably listening like this sounds like it is abhorrently sweet. And it was, but I like sweet things. I'm definitely more of a sweet than a savory person. So I made it on the sweet side because I was making it for fucking me. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I calculated the carbs and took an embarrassing amount of insulin <laughs> and sat down and ate my, um, my ravioli while mm. I watched... Halloween and I did not spike my blood sugar. Wow. And did not go low. Wow. And I was like, I don't think I could do this kind of magic again. <laughs> but <laughs> it was like it was like an October gift. I was like, I have a day off. I'm gonna sit down and watch Halloween and eat pumpkin ravioli. You were and it was blessed like, by the pumpkin spice gods. I was. The great pumpkin was like, all right, just this once. <laughs> And it is not something I'm going to do on the regular, but I did save some of the sauce and I'm going mm-hmm. to go back to Trader Joe's and get another package of pumpkin ravioli. But okay. <laughs> that's another story because I was like, I was trying to think of things I could do for myself to make uh, like Halloween treats this year because right. I was like, this is my second Halloween where I will be on a more strict diabetes conscious diet. I was like, what the fuck am I going to make for myself? And now that I know... I can take an obscene amount of insulin and have my pumpkin ravioli. That will probably be my Halloween dinner. Right. But I'm trying to find like a Halloweeny dessert. Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm going to try to do is make low carb, uh, sugar-free pumpkin ice cream. Okay. Because generally speaking, the carbs in ice cream come mostly from the sugar. Right. So theoretically, if I were to replace the sugar with a keto-friendly sweetener, mm-hmm. then I could make pumpkin spice ice cream. Okay. Theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> I mean, any ice cream making to me is a theory anyway. You've never done it? I've tried. Really? And it has never worked out. It's never worked for you? No. Huh. I think I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to order, or not order, I'm going to go down to like Target or Bed Bath & Beyond and get myself uh, like one of the pump, the ice cream machines. Right. And I'm not going to leave anything to chance. I'm going to freeze the thing overnight. I'm mm-hmm. going to do it the right way. I'm probably going to make the ice cream the night before because... If it fails, I want time to recover so that okay. I have plans on Halloween. Um, You've seen Chopped one too many times. I, yeah, <laughs> I have watched what comes out of those ice cream machines, and I know that it is n- no bueno. <laughs> I know. Um, there is a part of me that would love to have like an industrial ice cream machine. I mean, it sounds amazing, except for the fact that they apparently never work. <laughs> I mean, if you're on a time crunch on Chopped, I imagine if you're doing it like with all the time you need and not in a rush and you're not doing 17 other things at the same time, it's probably not so bad. 
Probably not. If I ever have, if I ever win the lottery, mm-hmm. the two things I want in my house that are like splurges are I want an industrial ice cream machine mm-hmm. and I want, you know, when you go to the movie theaters and you see those, uh, those like machines, the soda machines, where you can pick like one of a thousand yeah, different the... flavors. Uh-huh. That's what I would get. Um, <laughs> I would get that, but it would be filled entirely with diet sodas. Okay. So that because, and I know we've had this discussion yeah. before. When you go to the restaurant, they don't have any like diet. So it's like diet Coke or nothing. Right. <laughs> it's cake or death. And so I would want all of the diet sodas and I would put both of these machines in my basement and I would turn my basement into like a faux restaurant, Mm -hmm. like a small restaurant where I could have like 10 to 12 people over and it would be like we were in a restaurant so that I could hire a private chef to come and like make dinner for me and serve me, but I could order any soda I wanted. (laughs) And it would be like the the restaurant experience I've always craved because I'm like, what must it be like to go to a restaurant and just be able to order any fucking soda? I mean, I I guess it's an experience. It's I, I have to admit I've never really thought much about it. I can't imagine you would if you are if you are not diabetic and you can go to a restaurant and order any soda. It's like I'm going to Barbara Streisand my basement. I'm going to turn it into a mall and go shopping for <laughs> for diabetic things. <laughs> if you won the lottery, what would what would be your like what would be like your splurge? And I'm not talking like a house or a whatever cuz we we all know if we won the lottery we'd buy a crazy house, we'd buy some yeah. land, we'd live in the middle of the woods. What would be your like <laughs> if you could splurge on one thing, what would it be? I know what I would get you. I would probably be one of those tools who turned their basement into like a legit movie theater, like with the projector Mm. and everything. Like I would totally do that. That is not a tool thing. Um. That is a legitimate (laughs) request. I would, I would come and live in your, in your basement with you and just just watch horror movies. Everything just looks so much better up on the screen. It does. And you can avoid the inconveniences of the movie theater. Yeah. Because it's like, I love movie theater. I, I, I'm such a fucking hypocrite. I love going to the movies, but I hate going to the movies with other people. (laughs) (laughs) Like when we went to see the movie we're reviewing today in in the theater the other night, I had gone to get Italian food before. Mm -hmm. And so I had like Miss Bullist because my meal was supposed to come with potatoes and it didn't and all this shit. And so in the middle of the movie, my... Uh, pump is going off, the alarms are going off, and I don't want to be a, a burden to other people. Not that it mattered because they were talking to the whole fucking yeah, thing. No. But um, I, I, so I'm like getting up and running to the bathroom because my blood sugars are high, so I have to pee, and and uh, uh, then I come back and my blood sugars are going low, so I have to get up and go to the snack stand, and then it's like just like all the nightmares. If I could have like paused the movie and taking care of myself for five minutes and then come back and sat down and watch the movie, it would have been like heaven. Yeah. And if I could have that experience and not have people talking, not have, uh, be able to have any snacks I wanted during my movie, I could have had my pumpkin ravioli (laughs) while we watched our movie. 
I'm sorry, I'm just picturing you walking in with like a Ziploc bag full of pumpkin ravioli like shoved in your coat pocket. I'm not above (laughs) it. I'm definitely like the Linda Belcher who comes in with like snacks and shit. I I have snuck beef jerky, almonds, uh, all kinds. Like I've snuck all kinds because yeah, but those are all like snacky things it's not a plastic bag full of ravioli (laughs) no i mean i would go further but i i have a little too much respect for the the people around me and i don't know why because they don't reciprocate but i i i think the movie theater is in a lot of ways like a like a a, like a theater like if you go to see a broadway show Mm -hmm. i treat the movie theater like that it's kind of like a sacred place to me and so when I go, I'm very quiet. I'm very respectful. I don't like to get up and keep moving around. I don't like to make a lot of noise. I know that we're all there to see a movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And when you go to see a horror movie, I'm very forgiving of like screaming or laughing and things like that. Like I I want people to be amped up, but I yeah. don't, I really, really hate talking during a movie and if I could experience a movie without that I'd be so much happier yeah no there was a little talking the other night and like like full-on conversations yeah. and it, it wasn't like a little bit of talking it was like people sitting there being like I don't know why she's gonna go that way if I was in the movie I'd go this way I I, I would I would oh and by the way I talked to Dan the other day and Dan said yeah. he's gonna come to <laughs> he's gonna come to the birthday party but I told him I was like you have to bring the and it's like shut the fuck up <laughs> Nobody cares about Dan. Uh, and I don't have patience for that. I really don't. I don't either. Luckily, the movie was loud enough that... <laughs> yes. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness Halloween Kills was, was loud. It was... <laughs> <laughs> which reminds it was a little me... better. <laughs> yeah. Which reminds me, uh, welcome to another episode of My Spooky Gay Family. We are going to be chatting today about... A brand new movie. It is... I don't know how to describe this movie. And I'll tell you why. I loved it. But I know that was not a common feeling. And so I'm going to say the spooky, the creepy, the as expected... Mm-hmm. Halloween Kills. We are talking about Halloween Kills today. So before we jump into a tirade, because that's exactly what we're about to do, um, <laughs> be forewarned that we are going to be talking about pivotal plot points, spoilers, character developments, story developments, things that happen that will ruin this movie for you. So if you haven't seen it, don't listen right now. Save this episode until after you've watched the movie. It is available on Peacock. Uh, which, by the way, <laughs> the way their Halloween section is called Peacocktober, and oh, I was no. like, I was like, what no, fucking no, no, no. intern was like, tee-hee, gotcha, um, Peacocktober, Cocktober, you called it Cocktober, you are a, a hop, a skip, and a jump away from Pornhub's Halloween section, um. You can view this movie on Peacock, or you should go view it in a movie theater, and we'll have a discussion about that as well. But um, yes, we are going to be discussing the brand new second, or or first sequel, second movie in the uh, Halloween 2018 trilogy, Halloween Kills. I'm very excited about it. Uh, Are you? I am excited, because 
we usually do this thing when we go to the movies is we'll go outside and debrief for like an hour. Yes. And that's a thing that me and you can't do anymore because we tend to need to do this. I know. So, and we, so we, <laughs> we sit outside and steam while you have a cigarette and I die. <laughs> uh, but this time we allowed ourselves to go outside and talk yeah. about because we were with David and two of my n- new friends, David and Sarah, and two of my new friends, uh, Gabby and Josh, who are very lovely people. We met them at an event here in town, and it turns out they live two blocks away from us, nice. which is like just not a thing. The only people we've known in town for the longest time are Carrie and Luke. Right. Who, uh, hello, Carrie and Luke, they're listeners of the podcast. Um, and... It's nice to have like friends within a couple blocks mm-hmm. that we that we can just hang out with and chat with. And so we went with Gabby and Josh and you and Sarah mm-hmm. and it was me and David. We went to see Halloween Kills uh 2 days ago. It was we saw it this past Friday, the day it came out. Yes. At a midnight showing. A mid- literally it was 11:45. <laughs> Even though it didn't need to be because it had been out all day. Yeah. But David couldn't go during the day cuz he was working and then there were no tickets in the evening or early night. <laughs> so there were tickets for like an 11 o'clock show, I think, or like a 1030 yeah. show maybe. And, but it would have meant like me sitting here, David sitting there, right. you sitting over there, Sarah across the theater. Right. And I didn't want to do that. So the 1145 seating had Every seat available except all of the seats in the back row, which pissed me off. <laughs> um, I will say I don't like that cinema anymore. No? No. We went to... I don't remember the name of the cinema. I think it's a Cinemark. It's Cinemark, yeah. Um, we went to a Cinemark. Uh, and the theaters were so small that even being in the second to last row, it felt like we were very close to the screen. Did you feel that way? No. I was fine. I didn't like it. I felt too close. Okay. And David said the same. He said that it it felt oddly close to him for being in the second to last row of the theater. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like to be like in the front of the theater because it is a small theater. It's very small. And I was, and but the screen was like IMAX. Yeah, and so I was no, like, big. sitting where I was, I felt like I couldn't see the whole screen at once. Okay. And so I felt like I missed things. And in fact, I did because I watched the movie again on Peacock when I got home yesterday. (laughs) And uh, there were certain things that I felt like I missed out on. Okay. But uh, we're going to get into just the, uh, the, the nitty gritty of this. So if you haven't seen it, please spare yourself the spoilers. Go and watch it before you listen. Um... In the meantime, this we are talking about Halloween Kills. It came out this past Friday the 15th. Uh, it was written by uh, Scott Teams and David Gordon Green. It stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, and Andy Matichik, um, who, uh, who play, obviously, Laurie, Karen, and Andy, respectively. Allison. Allison. I, I, sorry, <laughs> her name is Andy. Um we also have James Jude Courtney as The Shape. We have appearances by Nick Castle as Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and the shape. We also have uh, a lot of recurring characters. We have Dylan Arnold as Cameron. We have um, Will Patton as Officer Hawkins. And we also have some new friends joining us. We have Kyle Richards as Lindsay. Depending on how you look at it. (laughs) New-ish. New-ish. We have Kyle Richards as Lindsay Wallace, uh, who... She is, I believe, one of the only characters besides Nancy Stevens to play the character she played in the original 1978 Halloween. Kyle Richards actually did play Lindsay Wallace in 1978, (laughs) which is so bizarre to think that she grew up to be a real housewife and now she's in this movie. Um, We also have Anthony Michael Hall, who you may know as part of the Brat Pack from the 80s. He was in 16 Candles and Mm -hmm. uh, The Breakfast Club as Tommy Doyle, the adult Tommy Doyle. We also have Robert Longstreet, who played uh, Lonnie Elam. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who is a bizarrely developed character in this this movie. Um, Not unappreciated, but... Certainly unexpected. Yeah, I wasn't expecting quite as much Lonnie as we got. (laughs) It was quite a bit. It was quite a bit. Um, We also have a returning actor. We have Charles Cyphers as Lee Brackett. He is, of course, coming back. He is reprising his role from 1978. Mm -hmm. We do have Nancy Stevens as Marion Chambers. The nurse from the original 1978 Halloween is making a a return in this movie. And uh, we have some (laughs) cameo appearances. Uh, We have Michael McDonald as Little John. (laughs) We have Scott MacArthur as Big John. And we're going to discuss this because... (laughs) There aren't, I don't want to say there aren't many things I didn't like. There are many things, there are not very many things I found to be kind of offensive about this movie, but Big and Little John was one of them. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll get into that. Um, And we also have Thomas Mann starring as young uh, Hawkins, Officer Hawkins. Mm -hmm. That said, this movie takes place much the same way Halloween 2 did, the same night as Halloween 2018. It picks up basically where the last one yeah. left off. Uh, like I almost, to the minute. To the minute, yes. <laughs> um, I, I almost said Jason. Michael uh, <laughs> escapes the burning house of Laurie Strode and begins his secondary rampage through uh, the town of Haddonfield. Laurie is brought to the hospital where she, Karen, and Allison discover that Michael did not die. And uh, what's his name? Not Lonnie. The other one. Uh, Tommy. Tommy starts a lynch mob. (laughs) And they decide (laughs) evil dies tonight and they go on a spree to hunt down and kill Michael Myers. Which, to be fair, if you're going to form a lynch mob, I can't think of a nicer guy to do it to. You know, it's like. Than Michael Myers? Than Michael Myers. Oh, I thought thought you were being serious. I was like, I was like, why? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. To be fair, he deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> but And I think we're going to get into the nit- the nitty gritty of this over the course of the discussion. I do think this is a social commentary. It's totally a social commentary. I, 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 and a deserved one, I think, in this day and age. I'm not entirely sure if it was an effective social commentary, but it was you don't think a so? social commentary. I... It's difficult because on the one hand, we're, we're making a 
commentary about mob mentality. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you're talking about this extreme situation. Yeah. In which just leaving it up to the authorities hasn't ever worked. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of you're using this situation where the rules kind of don't apply to try to enforce the rules. Mm. I see what you're saying. So it's not... It's not that the message isn't good and it's not that it wasn't delivered well. It's that the context of it didn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's fair. But I do think, in a, in a weird way, it's kind of a strange metaphor for America. <laughs> <laughs> because we kind of have the authorities at the helm, yeah. but then we have these sort of lynch mobs leading the movement against them and it's like well where's the voice of reason and i think that is what the intention was with all of this because then you have people like laurie and karen and allison who are competent and capable and cap and discerning right to a certain extent yes uh varying greatly depending on the character <laughs> um who are kind of sitting back and going oh my god look at this fucking chaos and in a weird way, you know, there's the commentary where it's like, at one point, Laurie says, this is what he wanted. This is the chaos Michael wanted. And it's like, are they, are they comparing Michael Myers to Donald Trump? <laughs> like, are they saying he created this chaos in order to create the chaos that confused people? Lori said a lot of shit in this movie that I'm sitting here going, okay, we need to down her pain meds a little bit. She does say she was, <laughs> like, quote unquote, geeked out on pain meds. Yeah, she does. <laughs> because like that plus the whole every, you know, with every kill he transcends and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. And meanwhile, we're watching Michael go on this rampage and like... I don't think Michael Myers gives a shit that there's chaos happening. I don't think he could give two shits. I think he is he is a shark moving through the water. Stuff's happening on either side of him, but his eyes are forward. Like, I don't think he gives a shit that Haddonfield is in disarray. Like, does that mm. make sense? Like, I don't think he wants chaos. He's not the fucking Joker. No, he's not the Joker. I don't think he... But again, I think it's up to your interpretation. I didn't kind of take it that way. I thought of it as... Michael is evil, and mm -hmm. so Michael enjoys that he has brought pain to them. I didn't. I didn't see chaos as chaos. I saw chaos as pain. Okay. And so, uh, th from that perspective, I had a much easier time processing that. Okay. Um, and let's let's just get into this right at at, at the start of this episode because we know that this is going to be. The point of the discussion, I think, from here on out. <laughs> okay. This movie was extremely divisive. It was. Uh, I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it has something like a 45% or some or, or something like that. I, I They show the Rotten Tomatoes right. rating on Peacock. And so it had a very low Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, everyone on my Facebook, I can't speak for you. Everyone on my Facebook who I have seen posting about it hated it, like literally hated it, is saying that it was worse than Resurrection. And I'm going to say, if I you think, think this, if you think this far. movie is worse than Resurrection, first of all, I need people to stop being so fucking hyperbolic. Second, <laughs> um, 
I just don't trust your taste. Because there is no way you could say, even with the flaws of this movie, that it is worse than Halloween Resurrection. I don't even think it's worse than Halloween 4. I don't think it is either. I I think that... And this is difficult because I enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if just people had like really high expectations for this that weren't met. Or or what the fuck is happening. But I think like, it's a mix. But like I can't figure out why people hate this movie so much. Like as far as I can tell it delivered exactly what was on the tin. Yeah. You know like it's called Halloween Kills and there were a fuck ton of kills a in this movie. A fuck ton of kills. Like giant nuclear bomb sized barrel of kills <laughs> <laughs> in this film. And it's like you're watching Michael Myers slash his way through Haddonfield. Like that's exactly what we came here to watch. I'm not sure what it is that's upsetting you. That was what was so confusing to me. I was like, in my mind, is this a perfect film? No. No. But I did not sit down to watch Schindler's List. I sat down (laughs) to watch... I sat down to watch Halloween Kills knowing full well this is a Halloween slasher that Michael Myers is semi-unhuman, unkillable. He's he's basically immortal. He's semi-immortal. Like, I understand that people are going to make bad decisions because it's a slasher movie. It's like, I don't understand how you could love a movie like Sleepaway Camp or Silent Night, Deadly Night or... Even, frankly, Halloween 1978 and not find the same problems in those movies that you found in this one. It has all, even a movie like Scream, the movies we love have these problems. And this was because David did not, he keeps saying he didn't hate the movie, but I haven't heard him say a nice thing about it so far. (laughs) So... He and I have disagreed a lot. And a lot of his criticisms, he was like, oh, if it had been edited differently, if it had had been done this way, I didn't understand why this person didn't turn and run. I didn't understand why this person did what they did. And it's like, but this is kind of par for the course. Like, we're throwing criticisms at this movie that we didn't throw at other like, I've seen people with less criticisms of movies like Malevolent than, <laughs> or Malignant, Malignant, <laughs> than I've seen ha- people with, like, I, I don't know what they wanted from this movie. You know what I mean? I can't figure it out either. And I think some of it is just Halloween is such a huge franchise that, like, everybody ha- is going to have their fucking opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody thinks it should go a certain way. And if it doesn't live up to that then, oh, it's trash. That being said, y'all know what Halloween is about, right? Yeah. (laughs) This to me, like you watch a movie like Slumber Party Massacre or Silent Night, Deadly Night, like I said, or Sleepaway Camp, like I said. Friday the 13th, I'm like, there are people who love Friday 4. I love Friday 4. There are people who love Friday 5 and 6 and 7. People who love Friday 5 are, have weird taste, but 6 and 7 are... 6 is good. 7's kind of weird. And it's like, I'm not judging you for that. As a matter of fact, I like those movies, but I don't understand the discrepancy between this is good and Halloween Kills is not. And I personally think it's because this got critically lambasted. And people heard, I, honestly, I think that's what it was. I think people heard that it wasn't good. And so they went in with 
a tainted idea. They were like, oh, I heard it's not good. And then they walked in and watched it and looked for all the reasons people thought it wasn't good. I mean, I think that's a fair point. I th- I looked up reviews before we went to go see it. Mm-hmm. And I'll be 100% honest with our listening audience. I was looking up specifically for spoilers to see if Lori died because I needed to know that going in. I was very happy to learn that she didn't. <laughs> but- <laughs> uh, see, I didn't. I was tempted to do that. Yeah. But then I was like, no, I I want to know. I want to I watch it. I want to experience it. Which is totally fine. I just, I know me. And that is the type of information that I need walking in. I need to know that going in. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's part of the way I'm wired. <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just, I love Laurie Strode so much that if she's going to die, I need to know that up front because so otherwise I'm not going to be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I looked up reviews for this the day that we were going and like, first of all, made the mistake of reading one on Jezebel, which whatever. I don't really know much about Jezebel, if I'm being honest. They're a little touch pretentious. Mm. Um, <laughs> Just a touch. <laughs> <laughs> and like... This review was clearly written by someone who doesn't really like horror movies. So you think? Like, yeah. Like, you, I, I can always kind of tell the difference between someone who really likes horror movies and just didn't like this one versus someone who thinks that the whole genre is garbage and just got paid 15 bucks to do this review. Right. But, like, I saw a lot of that with Halloween Kills. I saw a lot because I read, like, four or five reviews, and in every single one... It was the same thing. It's like, it's it's violence for violence's sake. Like, they're trying to t- show you how awful violence is by being violent. And I'm like, yeah, it's a horror movie. That's what horror movies do. <laughs> like, 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 this is not new. Yeah, but like they were saying, you know, they're trying to show you how awful it is by panning back to the bodies and by showing all the gore. And they're they're making trying to make this commentary about how violence is bad. But at the same time, they're they're profiting off of violence. And I'm like, okay, but like, again... This is what horror movies do. You're not supposed to. I I think one of the things that people don't understand about slasher movies is you aren't actually supposed to enjoy watching people get cut up into little ribbons. Mm -hmm. We do. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I don't think there's anything wrong with a slasher movie going like, no, look at what you're watching. Yeah. Like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And to be perfectly frank, I spent most of Halloween Kills deeply uncomfortable with the amount I saw. It's very it's in, violent. It's intense. And Michael was more like Halloween 4, 5, 6 Michael Yeah. in this one. Uh, it wasn't... I, I mean, in, in Halloween 2018, it was very violent and shockingly violent. Like yeah. the scene where he stabs the woman in the window through yeah. the neck and then sl- like slams her face down and then stabs her through the neck. Yeah. Very violent and uncomfortable. Yeah. But not not insanely creative by Michael's standards. No, not really. This one we got a lot more of like impaling people on broken banisters. We got getting stabbed with pitchforks. Broken we got fluorescent tubes. Blo- broken fluorescent tubes. Him stabbing someone four times who may or may not already be dead. Yeah. Like this is Michael is a psychopath, like a total monster. Monster sticking his fingers in people's eyes, yeah, kind of like... psychopath. Um, and and I enjoyed that. And it the thing I liked the most about this movie mm-hmm. is that 
to me, it felt like it bridged the gap between the reboot and the original series. Because it was like, the original series, Michael was not human. He was like kind of strangely immortal. He was creative and and fucked up and 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 brutal as hell. Brutal. Whereas in 2018, it was like, oh, he's just a psychopath again. It's like he's just a stalker. And this one kind of bridged the gap where it was like, yeah, he's still a real guy, but he can take a hit and he's brutal. I mean, it's one of those things like he always could take a hit. Like Lewis mm-hmm. shot him six times six and times. he got up and walked away. So, like, he shot him six times, he pushed him out of a second-story window, and Michael got up and ran. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> well, walked. Well, walked slowly. <laughs> but, but like, so I don't really... Because I've, I've heard that criticism of this movie, because I have, again, been reading reviews. Mm-hmm. That, oh, all of a sudden, he's zombie Michael again. And it's like... But the thing is, he was always like he that. He was always like, zombie like, Michael. Like, even in 1978, he was not... He was not mortal, he you know, wasn't just like, a stalker ever. Like he was never just a guy. Yeah. So that criticism feels a little hollow to me. Yeah, I want to watch him get shot and get the shit kicked out of him and then he stands up and kills everybody. Yeah. Which is exactly what he did and it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. It to me it this was satisfying in the way that like it it tied both ideas together. It's like you have the immortal Michael and you have the more realistic Michael and it just like squished them together and said, okay, this is one dude now. And it's like, okay, I can process that. Mm -hmm. Some people apparently could not. And the worst part is that I think the, the part that I find frustrating is that a lot of the critiques I have seen by people on social media of this movie is just that. Like, I wouldn't call them critiques. They're just like, oh, it was so bad. I hated it. This was the worst movie ever. Worse than this. Worse than that. Worse. And it's like, but why? Yeah. And I never found an argument that I couldn't kind of rebut. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I. I Because if you're saying it is, if it is fundamentally bad that it is a bad movie i think you should have to back that up if you come out and say i really didn't care for this one i like it better when michael does bop 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 fine whatever we, we everybody has their opinion and they're entitled yeah. to it but if you come out and say this is a bad movie i think you should have to defend that because in my opinion there is nothing worse as someone who is a content creator there is mm-hmm. nothing worse than someone being like this is bad it's like I put my blood, sweat, and tears into this. And just because you didn't like it does not mean it is bad. It means that you didn't like it and that's fine. But it is not bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and I th- I think that there's enough people who did like it. I mean, that 45% is still just under half. Yeah. Which, I mean, isn't good. I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> but that means that 45% of the people liked it. Okay. Which isn't, which isn't zero. Mm-hmm. So it's like... You got to imagine that there's some debate on this because if it was really an objectively bad film, it wouldn't be at 45%. Yeah, I've seen and I movies mean, way you, lower than that. I also think you have to take into consideration the the number of neckbeards who are voting on this as opposed to the number of people who just go see the movie. Yeah, I don't I don't know that this one 
like there's nothing in this one that makes me sit here and go oh yeah no this is gonna piss off this section of fans like which is i think one of the reasons i'm so confused that's what's confusing to me i'm surprised that people didn't like it but i'm saying in terms of the people who are actively going to review it yeah it's going to be the people who are like die like you said die hard I love Halloween and this is what I wanted to happen and it didn't and ba 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 you know yeah those are the people who are reviewing this movie that's the other thing there is a little bit of a negativity bias like people who like movies don't tend to go on rotten tomatoes and be like oh this was the best like yeah i loved it and like, have yeah, not reviewed I, it I, I don't think i have ever once gone on rotten tomatoes and reviewed a movie and we're talking about like yeah, films I that i, I absolutely 100% loved mm-hmm. i have never done that i've also never gone on and said this is the worst movie ever made no. But <laughs> I do understand that some people, when they really dislike something, feel the need to let the world know. And, they and the, do. <laughs> the funny part is that, like, if you want to go on your Facebook and just be a fucking dick, fine. But uh, the thing that bothers me is that, like, the idea of the average consumer being a reviewer just troubles me. But then I don't, it, like, I find myself, I feel like the Laurie Strode. I'm like, <laughs> I don't trust the reviewers, but I don't trust the average reviewers either. So it's like, well, who do I trust? You know? I think the only thing, when, and this goes for any movie, not just horror movies. Like, I think that the only way you're going to know if a movie is good or not is if you go and see it yourself. Because the only person it can be good or bad for is you. So, mm-hmm. like... There are movies like, for example, there's the the trailer that's out right now, um, Last Night in Soho, mm-hmm. is probably an amazing movie. Probably. It, it's pretty. The story sounds interesting. I know for a fact that the actors are good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go see that movie because I know I'm not going to enjoy it. It's and not that doesn't my cup make it bad. No. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, it's probably going to be a good movie. It doesn't really appeal to me. I'm not going to see this. Yeah. But again, doesn't make it a bad movie. Just means I'm sitting here deciding ahead of time what's bad versus good for me. Mm-hmm. Which is all you can do as a consumer. And I think that we allow social media and sites like Rotten Tomatoes to... Dictate too give much. Give <laughs> people the idea that you can also dictate t- taste for other people. Yeah. And, and that is often what people want to do. It's not a problem to voice your opinion. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when you're trying to decide whether or not to see something or you're trying to decide whether or not something is good, don't go based off of what anybody else says, including us. Yeah. Go watch the trailers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go watch the trailers. And if it's a movie that's part of a franchise you didn't like, uh, you know, (laughs) this isn't my cup of tea. I found it. I found it to be frustrating with this movie because it's been so beloved and 2018 was so well received and even david was saying he was like oh it wasn't well made it wasn't well made but i was like i didn't have that experience and i'm a pretty informed moviegoer you know what i mean like i know how to edit some to some degree i know how to edit film i i know how to edit sound i know how to do things technically that were done in this movie and so I become frustrated when people say, oh, it it could have been better if you did this. It's like, well, maybe, but it wasn't. And it wasn't offensively bad because I was able to watch it and enjoy it. So, like, 
you know you know what i mean does that criticism yeah. make sense no it does i i was kind of thinking the same thing because one of the crit- critiques i've read is that the story doesn't make sense that's and not true that's not true like i i read it i i followed it perfectly fine like there was no glaring plot holes like and no. not for nothing this was a movie that hopped between perspectives a lot yeah which could have been really confusing but it, but it wasn't, wasn't. So, like, I think that they told the story effectively. I don't understand where that criticism comes from. I don't understand what people were looking for. That's what I'm struggling with. I don't understand what they saw or didn't see that I did or didn't see. Because in my mind, again, this movie is not without its problems. And we're going to talk about Big and Little John. But (laughs) there were two problems. They were both named John. One big, one little. Uh, Again, this is something we're going to discuss. <laughs> but generally speaking, I liked what they did with the characters. I liked that where they took the story. I I I wasn't really upset by any of it. Not in not in a this could have been done better way. Yeah. Obviously it's like characters die that I didn't want to die. But, but it's a slasher movie. It's a slasher that, movie. That and we, yeah, we know that's going to happen. Yeah. It's like, this was, it is supposed to be upsetting. Yes. It is not supposed to be uh, upsetting in terms of the quality of the film. But I didn't have a problem with the quality of the film or the quality of the scares. I didn't either. I thought the scares were good. Um, I, th- I thought if nothing else, like there weren't a lot of jump scares. It was mostly tension, but like. Yeah. But I thought the tension was pulled off fine. But again, that's kind of Halloween 1978. There's not a lot of jump scares. Yeah, no. <laughs> There's almost none, actually. Yeah. <laughs> There's very few. It's it's very much kind of like the, the biggest scare you're going to get is, you know, they pan the camera to a character you like and you see Michael standing behind them someplace. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest scare you're going to get in most Halloween movies. In most of the Halloween movies. So, And we got that several times in this film. So Plenty. So, and know, even jump scares, him running out of the closet. Well, not running. But yeah, not, not speed running. walking. Speed walking. Out of the closet. <laughs> With his five pound weights and his water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's got his joggers on. Um, his headband. Yeah. I I did not have the same experience that, I, that it seems a lot of people did. I really enjoyed yeah. this movie. I thought it was generally well written. I think there are things that could have been changed for the better, but I say the better in terms of what I wanted or what I would have done. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was anything that technically glaringly bad about. Like David was like David was upset because let's let's get into some specific moments. We have the flashback of Hawkins when he encounters Michael in the Myers home on Halloween 1978 uh and he accidentally shoots his partner, Michael runs away. David was very upset about the fact that Hawkins did not try to staunch the bleeding. He was very upset about that. I I, I see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. I would argue that, A, he could be in shock. B, he shot him in the neck. How do you staunch the bleeding? Yeah. And C, he's also kind of sitting there going, shit, is Michael Myers going to come back? <laughs> Yeah, so because Michael little... just ran off into the well, hallway, walked off, <laughs> walked off into the hallway. And it's like, on top of that, the thing that I find frustrating is like, 
they set up this whole moment being like he's a rookie cop who doesn't know what he's doing. As a matter yeah. of fact, they kind of had a social commentary about the fact that like afterwards he switched out his gun and gave it to Hawkins and made it look like yeah. he it didn't was, do anything yeah. and like this guy this guy got everything wrong. Yeah. And it's like I, as far as I'm concerned it kind of pans no less than the Candyman stuff pans. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I I think that occasionally we expect people in movies to make the same decisions we would make. Yeah. And like that goes double in horror movies sometimes. That's why you have people shouting things at the screen like, don't go in there. Yeah. Don't go up the stairs. Don't go up the don't, stairs. Don't what go that way. Why are you stupid? Why like, didn't you unlock the door? And yeah. It's like, like that happens in every horror movie. Yeah. But I don't see why that should be a killer on this one. Well, and that was because, again, David, another one of David's criticisms was when uh, the old couple gets attacked, um, the old man gets killed. Well, at least maimed. Right. Uh, and then the old woman runs into the kitchen, runs for the door, unlocks it, and then Michael walks in and she stops. And David was like, well, she unlocked the door. Why didn't she run? And I'm like, well, why didn't Nev Campbell undo the lock on the door and, and scream? She was right there. She could have undone the, the chain lock. Mm-hmm. She could have undone the lock and run out the front door. Why didn't she? She didn't. It's a horror movie. People don't do the things we want them to do. That's how horror movies work. And it's also, she's old and scared and knows she's not going to make it far. Like, it, there, I found myself, again... A lot of the criticisms of this movie, I never sat there and went, yeah, there's really no explanation for that. Because if I if that was the case, I would have said, maybe I'm wrong, maybe this is a bad movie. But it's like, I didn't really question much. I didn't either. Like, there wasn't any... Like, I think quite possibly the dumbest decision that a character makes in this film is when Lindsay Wallace grabs a pillowcase full of bricks and runs at Michael. (laughs) I will say that one didn't strike me as the dumbest. But that's the thing. It didn't strike me as dumb either. I think that like... she's trying to protect everybody. She's trying to protect everybody. Like, like it's it's a stupid ass decision. I think from a self-preservation kind of standpoint. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like in the moment, it made perfect sense to me why she was doing it. Like, it it didn't seem smart, but it, it made sense. Yeah. To me, I would say the only one that like really didn't make much sense was the whole Big John, Little John thing. Okay. Him grabbing the charcuterie knife, taking off (laughs) off his jewelry and going hunting upstairs. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. (laughs) Especially because right before they had heard a noise upstairs and and Little John, who was bigger than Big John, um, had said, there's someone in our house and it's not a child. And then they hear the noise upstairs and it was like, wouldn't you have left the house? Oh, in a heartbeat. That was the only one that really didn't, I did not have a good explanation for. Yeah. And if you want to say that scene was bad, I'd kind of agree with you. It wasn't my favorite part of the movie, but I don't think that's enough for this movie to be literally lambasted. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I do think I would like to talk to the writer who decided 
on the Big John, Little John thing, because I'm just... The whole scene. Uh, but we could tear this scene apart, if I know. I'm, being I'm just sitting here going, like, just just, just because of Robin Hood, can you not do that? <laughs> like... <laughs> little John. Like, like, it sounds like they're the Merry Men. Like, well, like just... and this... Yeah, they are, they are very much... <laughs> we're men, manly men. We're men in tights. Tight tights. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One of the... Stuart sitting there. Well, and that was the thing... <laughs> Because this was the criticism that David and I had. I Like I said, I rewatched this movie last night. And I found... I'm usually not this person. I'm not the person who's like... Uh, this actor can't play this part. Because I believe that we as viewers should be able to separate an actor yeah. from their characters. And we should... They should be allowed to work outside their comfort zone. Yeah. And I do still generally believe that. But I do think that casting Michael McDonald in this part was a mistake. Though, I think he played it generally to the best of his ability, which was good. Yeah. No, I didn't think that his performance was that bad. I just found it distracting because he's Stuart from Mad TV. Well, and because this is such a... This is the one part of the movie that I will say was probably not well written because it's teetering on camp. Yeah. And so it's like because you have the gay guys who are being portrayed as archetypal or archetypical, whatever the word would be, um, stereotypes of gay men on Mm -hmm. Halloween and... They're dressed up in funny costumes. They're listening to funny music. They're doing drugs. They're... uh, kind of having this weird uh, interaction with children. It's like the whole scene is a bit odd. Yeah. And then you put Michael McDonald on top of it. And I think putting an actor like that in a situation like that makes it lean funny. Yeah. No, there were definitely moments where I was confused as to whether or not I was supposed to be laughing. Yeah. And it, in it, that sequence. In a way that was like on the verge of homophobic. Yeah, like it never quite reached offensive, but it was it was getting there. It was like if they had taken half a step in any direction. Yeah. I probably would have been They were going to fall pissed. off that ledge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like I said, that is the one part of the movie that I, I did not care for. And in my opinion, had a lot to do with the writing. But... Again, I don't think it was enough for me to say the rest of the movie was bad for it. No, I agree. I I loved I... the song he was singing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think for the most part the writing was the writing was fine. Like it wasn't it wasn't like, spectacular. Like, I'm not saying they should win an Oscar or anything, but at yeah. the same time, like, I, I don't think that they fucked it up that badly. Like, No. What were some of the things you liked about this movie? I thought the kills were really good. The um, kills were great. I enjoyed virtually all of them, even the ones that I was sad were happening. Mm-hmm. Like, my whole thing, and I said this the other night, was I think the only person in this movie that I was like, oh my God, no, was Marion. Marion, yeah. Because Marion survives in 1978 and is one of my favorite 
minor Halloween characters. So mm. I was very upset that Marion died. Yeah, I kind of felt that way about most of the... I, I keep wanting to call them secondary characters. And this one, they're main characters. But yeah. the secondary characters from the no, original, yeah. people like Lonnie, people like Tommy, people mm-hmm. like Lindsay and, and Marion, all of these characters, even Sheriff Brackett. Yeah. It's like there's something sad about the idea of them having suffered through the events of 1978, suffered through all these years coping with it and then having it come back and kill them. There's something very sad about that. But in a way, I think that in my opinion is kind of what makes this a good sequel. And I think that's why Jamie Lee Curtis said what she said, which we critiqued in our minisode about this because we review movie trailers in our minisodes. And one of the things she said is that people would be I think it was agitated or aggravated. I think it was agitated. People would be agitated by this movie. And I think that's what she meant. You're going to see a lot of these characters who have suffered the wrath of Michael Myers physically and emotionally now for 40 years. Yeah. Who never escape it. Yeah. And that's what happens to Sheriff Brackett, having suffered the loss of his daughter and now dying by the hands of Michael Myers after he thinks... He's ended him. Yeah. Uh, that's what happens to Tommy, mm-hmm. who has clearly suffered PTSD from this experience. It's what happens to Marion, who has clearly suffered PTSD from this experience. Hers is especially painful because of the whole this is for Dr. Loomis line. Yeah. Like that one hurt. <laughs> I know. And it's like, oh, couldn't she get like one shot just off? Just one shot. We know it wouldn't kill him. I know. So like, why can't she just shoot him once? I know. And that, <laughs> that, I, I would have loved it if she had shot him once, yeah. but then died. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have loved that she died. But no, it, no it, it but it would have made me feel a little bit A little more <laughs> satisfied. Yeah. Um, but her death scene was great. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was a great death scene in a horror movie. Um, yeah, I, I liked the violence of this movie because I think again it marries the realism of the 2018 one with the kind of supernatural killer of the rest of the franchise yeah that was really what did it for me I was like oh this is the Michael that scares the shit out of me when I'm playing dead by daylight you know what I mean yeah it's like the firefighter comes at him with the fucking buzzsaw and he just bends that shit right back. Right like, back. <laughs> like, and fucking cuts that guy's face in half. Like, no resistance, nothing. <laughs> just yeah. like, he's like, yeah, whatever, I'm stronger than you, little shit. Like, exactly. I don't give a shit. And it's like, when I'm walking back from my car late at night at like three in the morning, and it's a long walk from my car to my building, Yeah. like, that's what, like, I get creeped out thinking like, what would I do if Michael Myers was like, following me what would i do if i got to my building and the door is made of glass and he came right through it like that's what scares me about this killer and it's like oh okay we're going to get back to that a little bit in this movie yeah unstoppable michael unstoppable michael and he and he's a stalker and he shows up where he's not supposed to yeah and he's brutal and he's unrelenting it's like these are the things we love about him. I thought we got it in spades. <laughs> and seems to be enjoying himself weirdly, weirdly in this movie, which is odd because Michael doesn't usually have emotion at all. No. But like when he's stabbing the guy on the table like three and four times, and he just keeps reaching for another knife mm-hmm. and doing it again. And I'm just like, 
what are they doing with this? Like, uh, yeah. why is he doing that? He's and it's, just it's terrifying. Playing with his food. Yeah, because he's <laughs> doing it for the benefit of the woman who's still alive on the floor. <laughs> yeah, he's literally <laughs> torturing like, her. And it's like, holy shit! Like, like Michael Myers doesn't usually do that. No. And it wasn't so jarring that I was like, Michael Myers doesn't do that. It wasn't that kind of moment. It was no. more kind of like, oh, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it was very unsettling. And that's exactly what I think most of us want Michael to be, is unsettling. It's like, oh my God, you really can't process this. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what my favorite kill would be. I really liked that he killed the kid in the house, in the, in the skeleton mask. I did too, just because I don't. I hated I those kids. Well, yeah, those kids were obnoxious, but it's also like I'm sitting here thinking about it like. Also, fuck you to Halloween 3. Yeah. <laughs> if you thought this was worse than Halloween 3, we have a serious disagreement yeah. on our hands. But um, I can't think off the top of my head right now if Michael Myers had ever killed a child before. Uh, I mean, technically speaking, all of the people in Halloween 1978 are underage. Yeah. They're like teenagers. So technically children. Yeah. I think that might be the first like child child. child. Yeah. Like under the age of 15. I mean, he would. I think if he had been able to get to Tommy or Lindsay, oh, no, he would I have don't, killed them. I don't doubt at all that he's he was capable of it. But it but was I just, it was just a line had. that they never crossed. And, and even I mean, in how this many one, times did he chase fucking Jamie? Yeah. And I mean, even in this one, like they didn't show that kill. No, they didn't, like, which I think was fair. No, I think it was fair, too. I I was, I am not surprised that they didn't show that kill, as brutal as this movie was. But I think it's not strange, but I think it's interesting that that's the line. Killing children. Yeah, like, that's the Cause line. Because we do show a dead dog in this one. Yeah, we do show a dead dog which in this one. Which was, of course, a nod is, to... Yeah, he got hungry. Yeah, <laughs> he got hungry. You know what I also <laughs> noticed... Um, in the second watching of this, when Hawkins's partner mm-hmm. walks up to the window and is staring out, yeah. Did you notice that the window is cracked and that the gutter is sitting there? No. I I was like, oh my god! Like they really, yeah, paid attention. They really did. They really did a good job of like making sure that this was uh. That this was cohesive. So much so that they very deceivingly brought Loomis back. Yeah. No, I was not expecting that at all. Like, I was not expecting to see him. And I wasn't bothered by it. I wasn't either. Like, I I kind of had a moment when he first walked in and I'm like, <gasps> Oh, no. Oh, no. It's yeah. not Donald Pleasance. But it was fine. But they did what I think... When a character is that beloved is the only appropriate resolution, which is to get as close as you fucking can. It's yeah. like, we do not want to see another actor play Donald or play, or play, play Dr. Loomis. Loomis. Yeah. We we want to see someone impersonate Donald Pleasance yeah. to the best possible degree. Yes. So much so that in this one, they had a lookalike and a separate actor doing the voice. Yes. To the point that Pissy and I both thought discer- it was a deep fake. Yeah, I thought it was a deep fake. 
I'm still not entirely convinced that I think at the very least this actor had prosthetics on. I mean, that David is convinced that he didn't. A hell of a lookalike. Like I was like, this is you'd have to you'd have to be like his undead twin brother <laughs> to be that close to Donald Pleasance. Especially because it's like I guess what like fifty year old Donald Pleasance. <laughs> Yeah, it's like not even old man Donald Pleasance. Yeah, this is it's like... not even, you know, kooky Uncle Sam from Six. <laughs> <laughs> this, it was a very, very, very close replica. It was. Of Donald Pleasance. And I appreciated that. I was like, you know what? If we can't have him here to do it, let's get as close as we fucking can. Yeah. And the appropriate amount of Donald Pleasance as well. Yeah. I don't think we needed, like if he had been... A character, I mm-hmm. think there would have been an issue, but yeah. just to have him make two cameos in in yeah in flashbacks flashbacks yeah. is more than reasonable to me. No, it's fine. Like one of the things that scared me when they were doing 2018 too was I was worried that they were going to show like old Loomis and have cast a different actor. Mm. And I'm really really pleased that they did not do that. Because I think it makes the whole thing stronger. Mm-hmm. It's also... It's also kind of the tragedy of Dr. Loomis in that, you know, he spent his entire life trying to keep Michael contained and then this happens. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're just shitting in everybody's porridge this go-round. It's just like... <laughs> it's just like, none of you get what you want. Well, and to be fair, I think that that's part of what's so scary about this new reboot. It's like... They're turning up all the leaves we thought were raked. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. The franchise kind of went in an odd direction to the point where it was like, none of it almost mattered anymore. It was very fluffy. But now this is like a an emotional horror. It's yeah. you care about these characters and they just keep getting fucked by this guy. And it's like, <laughs> well, what's the answer? What's the answer? And Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the negative reaction that people were having to it. I think you're probably right. I think that one of the criticisms I read was that it didn't move the story forward. I don't see how that is possible. I don't either, Um, considering the events of this. Yeah, like, I I don't get it. But especially knowing it's like, you know, it's a trilogy. You know that this is getting us to another movie. So it's like you know it's not going to have any kind of definitive ending. You know it can't push the story too far because there's another fucking movie coming. Yeah, but, like, some people were calling it a filler movie. Like, I don't think that's true. I think it's an... I've I've talked about this movie this way before, but I'm going to say it again. This is Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, you know... This is the revenge of Michael Myers. We saw him get his butt whooped in the first one. So now it's time for him to come back and do and some butt whooping. Yeah. And he does for an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Unleash a can of whoop ass on, on everybody. <laughs> on literally like, everyone. Give me back my fingers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like. So it's I don't understand how people are saying it's a filler movie like. Yeah, no, technically nothing was resolved uh, unless you're Judy Greer. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, no, I I think some of it, I think some of the reason people are saying that, and I think that some of the reason people didn't like this one so much is that Laurie stayed in the hospital the whole movie. Laurie didn't have a lot to do in this film. And I don't think that that was actually a problem. I don't either, if I'm being honest. Because, again, this movie was setting up why Laurie has to fight in the next one. Yeah. I And I think that's a perfectly good story arc. Yeah, I think and it's I, fine. and I saw people saying I personally saw people saying there there's no reason for this to have been three movies and it's like yeah there are there's two reasons a because this movie was setting us up for the final showdown mm-hmm. and b because we like Halloween movies yeah like, and we want more of them <laughs> I don't understand what. I don't understand why it's a problem to have more Halloween movies. Like, that's what I find frustrating about the argument. They're like, this was an unnecessary movie. I'm like, they're all unnecessary movies. Nobody needs this story. Nobody needs Laurie to come back. Nobody needs them to reshape the ending of this franchise. We wanted it. And if we want it, why don't we want three movies? You know what I mean? I want 10. Make Keep it going. Don't kill Laurie. <laughs> have Michael come back in a fucking wheelchair and stab people with his... F- <laughs> have him put knives on the end of his walker. I, like, I, I want more Michael Myers. There's no reason to call this a fucking filler movie. They're all filler movies except for 1978. Basically, yeah. Every movie after 1978 is unnecessary. Yep. So... What's the argument? <laughs> you know? I just, I, I don't know, man. Like, I've seen people talking about this the way they talked about, like, I, I've seen it compared to the Hobbit trilogy a couple times. Which, in, frankly, was an unnecessary trilogy. It was an unnecessary trilogy because they were trying to take one book and turn it into three movies. Whereas The Lord of the Rings was three books it was and three, three movies. And three movies, which made perfect sense. To the point that you needed an extended edition to get everything in there. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we're going back to no. Mr. Tolkien today. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Who kills Michael Myers? Tom <laughs> Bombadil. <laughs> He's just going to swoop in at the end of Halloween Ends and just... <laughs> the, final, <laughs> the final line of Halloween Kills is the only line Michael ever has. And he just goes, uh, uh, Fuck Tom Bombadil. <laughs> The pumpkin comes back to three nostrils. No, but what I was going to say is I've seen it compared to the Hobbit trilogy a lot. I think this is different, and I think it's different for the following reason. This movie, we don't know what the end game is. We don't know what the end game is for Halloween ends. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen in the next movie other than Laurie and Michael are clearly going to fight. Yeah. Like. Probably in a hospital. Yeah, most likely in a hospital. Like, in The Hobbit, we all know how that story ends. So putting this weird movie in the middle where we're adding a bunch of shit that nobody's ever seen before doesn't really make a shit ton of sense. Yeah. In this one, we're adding a bunch of shit that nobody's seen before because it's a fucking movie and you're supposed to have shit in it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like this isn't this isn't an this, this isn't like taking one story and stretching it into three movies. This is a three movie arc. Yeah. And this it is a made totally sense. separate entity. It, it, it is this movie is completely separate from the one that precedes it and from the one that succeeds it. It's like there is 
no time there's no expectation for what this movie should or could have been you know what i mean yeah that's kind of where i'm at with it it's like (laughs) (laughs) what did it fail to do like (laughs) one of the things i read was was there were a lot of people calling it a mediocre slasher movie and like I'm sitting here going, like, I disagree with mediocre, and that's an opinion thing. Like, yeah. we, we can disagree on mediocre. If you didn't like the slasher, whatever, that's your yeah, opinion. That that's your opinion if you didn't think it was a particularly good example of the genre. That being said, it is, in fact, a slasher movie. It was always going to be a slasher movie. Yeah. And, like... And that's what yeah, we wanted. It, it did the slasher movie thing. It's Halloween. It, it would be like walking into fucking... Uh, it would be like watching Dumb and Dumber and being like, you know, I really felt like it lacked heart. It's like, yeah, it's fucking Dumb and Dumber. He's having diarrhea in the bathroom of uh, with an unworking toilet. Like, it's a farce. Yeah. You don't go there for that. Yeah. The same way you don't go to Halloween for it to be something that's not a fucking slasher movie. Yeah. No, I... It's it's dead dove do not eat. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, like and literally everybody's complaining, and I'm saying I don't know what I was expecting. Like, <laughs> like, like how is that not the reaction of everybody who's seen this movie? It's, I it's don't just know. I well yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He killed a lot of people. And now we're going to get another one. Yeah. And he's going to kill a bunch more people, and possibly one of them will be Jamie Lee Curtis, and we have no way of knowing. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the whole deal is, is like, yeah, next time we might lose the granddaughter or we might lose Lori or we might lose. I mean, there are very few other named characters left at this point because (laughs) he just slaughtered Slaughtered. the entire 1978 cast to save for Lindsay Wallace, who made it out. Which I'm kind of surprised about. I was a little surprised by that, too. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad. But I was a little surprised. I'm not mad because... I definitely think they set up the whole, like, good cop, bad cop with Lindsay and Tommy. Yeah. Uh, And Tommy was clearly... I don't want to say the asshole, because it is obvious that he is being motivated by his own crippling fear of this man. But he starts a lynch mob and creates a panic and gets a lot of people killed. Yes, he does. And I think for that, he deserved his death. Yes. Though it was very sad. It was very sad. It was I'm... it was very sad, and I don't think that's anything anyone wanted for this character. But if we're going by the horror movie rules, it's yeah. like if you start a lynch mob, yeah, Tommy earned it. You earned <clears throat> you earned your you earned your gravestone. I'll you be know? I'll be totally honest with you. Like the the I was sad about Marion, and the other one I was actually sad about was just was Sheriff Brackett. Me too. Like because I didn't think Sheriff Brackett. I didn't think he deserved to die. To be perfectly honest. And I mean, one of the things about the Halloween movies and all slasher movies is you don't necessarily need to deserve it. Yeah. Like, we talk about the rules all the time. Like, the old couple didn't deserve to no, die. Like, by any virtually means. no one in this movie deserved to Though die. Though they were drinking wine. They were drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't drink wine you don't if you drink don't want to get no. murdered. <laughs> no, but like, virtually no one in this movie broke the rules. Well,. Big and Little John, John did in, pot. they yeah. smoked pot and investigated a strange noise. Yeah, and, and didn't and leave the house. And happened to be gay. And happened to be gay. <laughs> like that poor doctor and nurse couple, it's like, literally, it's like, wow, the only thing you guys did was happen to be black. Like, uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> like... And uh, not to not to 
go back to anything that we don't want to go back to. But I, I figure since the, since we're ban- bouncing around a ton anyway, one of the things, one of my biggest criticisms of Big and Little John yeah. is that it felt a lot like a gay relationship as written by a straight person. Yeah, no, definitely. It was like very <laughs> odd. I was like, what do you think we do? Yeah, it's also just like, the big John, little John thing is just weird. It's it's like, wouldn't you just call him John? John? <laughs> like, honey, baby, maybe. Like, like if you both have the same name, and I won't lie, in the past, I've I have been in relationships with people with my name, mm-hmm. and like you come up with a pet name or you call them their name. Like it's not. I, I don't think big and little John was even endearing. It really it was like wasn't, especially kind of gross. Especially when they were like calling it out to each other while they're like checking rooms. They're like Big John, and yeah. it's like, what? What? Yeah, wouldn't it just be Honey, you okay? Or John? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it's like you know he you heard the sound upstairs, so you know he's upstairs. You're checking around downstairs, and then on top of it, why are you calling to each other, letting them know where you are? If you're going to be dumb enough to investigate the noise, which I don't think gay people are. <laughs> gay people have watched these movies enough that we're like, sound upstairs, get the keys. Like, we're getting in the car and we're driving to Ohio. <laughs> They're like, we're in Illinois. We're going to Ohio. I get out of, I would not be in Haddonfield in an hour. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think it would take an hour to get out of Haddonfield. It's supposed to be like this tiny, tiny town. I mean. But like... <laughs> But my point is, I think as much as they broke the rules, the writers broke the rules of writing gay people. (laughs) (laughs) So I will I will say that. Did you uh, I didn't mean to steer us away from the discussion about Tommy and Lindsay. Did you feel like they were setting Lindsay up to be the hero of Halloween ends? I don't think we're. Like, I don't think we're done with Lindsay Wallace. I don't know mm. what role she's going to have to play in the next movie, to be perfectly honest with you. Like, I don't, I also don't know if Kyle Richards is down for another one of these. Like, to be perfectly honest, we could have just watched her go to the emergency room and that's where she's spending the rest of this thing. I think like she's absolutely down for another one. Like, I would like to think that she is. But- if I were her, <laughs> I'd be like a starring role in a major motion picture franchise <laughs> yes i will take that over the real housewives of beverly hills or wherever the fuck she's a housewife yeah i don't like, even know which one she is i mean she hasn't done a movie in like 40 years so i'm guessing that this was probably a welcome return <laughs> i would think but like yeah i'd have no idea what role she's gonna play in the next one if any at all like i I'm, i have a feeling she's gonna basically replace karen I'm kind of getting the the idea that that might be true. Like, I <laughs> like I'm not sure if she's gonna make it, <laughs> but I, I, I think that I think that we're gonna see her again. Yeah, I don't think she's gonna make it unless. The only way, and this would make, in my opinion, Halloween ends a bad movie. Okay. If they were to kill Lori and have Lindsay live and have her become kind of the new final girl in the Halloween series because she was somehow tied 
to the original night in 1978, <clears throat> I think that would be unpleasant. No, that would be a bad storytelling move. It's... To be perfectly honest, I mean, we've talked about this in the minisodes a bunch. If you're not a patron... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but um, I think killing Laurie Strode would be a major, major mistake in, in really any situation. I mean, but, I agree. But that doesn't mean it won't happen. And the film is called Halloween Ends. So... <laughs> but I can't imagine they're going to actually end it i feel like this is like a share farewell tour <laughs> you know what i mean this is i don't think we're actually saying goodbye to michael do you i don't i don't think so i think it depends on how this one does in the box office i think it depends on how the next one does at the box office because like halloween 2018 did really well this one is doing really well it's opening weekend it's doing well at the box office i can i can 100 percent guarantee that yeah i saw the numbers and uh i think in the first two or three days they made like 50 million dollars or something like that yeah which isn't isn't bad at all that's not a bad return no so far so <laughs> so i can't imagine that halloween ends is going to do p- worse than halloween or halloween kills so i would say yeah no i don't see any reason for for universal to be like nah we're just we're not gonna make anymore like it's such a successful franchise. I can't imagine them being like, hey, let's not give them something we know they'll like anymore. Yeah. I mean, this might be the last three with Lori in them because Jamie Lee is getting up there. Yeah. She's, and, I think, 70 now at this point or yeah. damn near. Yeah. So I, I don't know that she's going to want to keep doing the final girl thing forever. This might be her last three movies. Um, I still don't think that means you should kill Lori. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> Like, Lori deserves to go live out the rest of her life someplace mourning her daughter and taking care of her granddaughter. Yeah, but could she live in peace knowing Michael wasn't dead? Probably not. But she'd be alive, which is, like, the only thing I can have for her. <laughs> I know. But it's like, are we are we going to kill Luke Skywalker? I mean, they did. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think there's a happy ending for Lori if Michael's not dead. So I almost don't... It's like, it almost feels selfish to ask that they not kill her just so that we can have the satisfaction of Lori not being dead. I just think at some point, like, someone has to win over Michael Myers. Like... Michael is mm. not the hero of this story. Michael is not the protagonist. He is the antagonist. Yeah. At some point, someone has to get one over on Michael Myers. And granted, that sort of happened in Halloween 2018, but then we re- but then we took it away with Halloween Kills. Yeah. So I would like that to be Laurie. It might very well be Allison. It probably will Allison be. Allison has a broken leg, so I'm not sure how exactly Allison's going to be doing in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, no. Uh, it might very well be Allison. I doubt it's Lindsay Wallace. Um, but I, I think somebody's got to be still standing at the end of this for us to be like, oh, okay, mm. good one out. Do you think Halloween Ends is going to take place on the same night? I don't see how it could be any other timeline because he's literally standing upstairs allison is sitting on his front porch 
He just killed I mean, Judy Greer. He got into the house without anyone noticing. Yeah, he went through the back door, but like. But that's what I'm saying. He could just as easily disappear and come back in a year. I mean, I guess that's true, but like, where would he go? I mean, he could live in the woods. He could be a hobbit. (laughs) (laughs) He just eats bread and fish. He's just walking around to Petco's. I'm hungry. (laughs) Just (laughs) grabbing dogs off the street. I suppose. Like he goes and works at a gas station for a little while. Just. (laughs) I mean, he's got the overalls. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) <laughs> like i don't i don't know i think it has to pick up the same night um i i think that that's where we're going with this i think we're we're having a three movie one night thing mm-hmm. um by now it's early morning so i would assume maybe we're gonna get him in the daylight for i mean a it's while. gotta be like 1 a.m at least yeah. maybe so, two so i don't know like i i think it's gonna be the same night i I'm not sure how they would explain away it not being the same night. So I'm going to go with that. Mm. Uh, And I suppose I'm going to say finally, but I doubt the conversation is going to end here. We did lose one of the main heroes at the end of this movie. We lost Karen, Judy Greer. How did you feel about her death? I knew it was coming, so I wasn't... Oh, you read the spoiler that she died? No. You just figured it out. I just... I've been saying for months that Judy Greer wasn't going to make it out of this movie. So, like, I was completely unsurprised. It's also the second she wa- she steps up to the window and she's in that room alone, it's like, well, <laughs> here it comes. But, like... Yeah. <laughs> but, like... I'm not... I'm not happy about it because I really liked Judy Greer. I thought she was really cool. I thought her character was really cool. I'm not broken up about it either. Like I'm I'm not sitting here going, oh man, that sucks. See, I kind of am. That's okay. I really liked Karen. I thought she was... She was stuck in a really hard place. She was. And I understood her struggle because it's like her whole life... In order to live a normal life, she's had to convince herself that her mom was crazy. And then it turned out her mom wasn't crazy. And then she spent this entire movie grappling with how to come to terms with the the fact that she had had an unnecessarily restrained or, or unnecessarily strained relationship with her mother, yeah. that she had lost and failed her husband, that her daughter was now in danger because of all of this. And I think honestly didn't know how to deal with it because again, it's like they had thought they had killed Michael, but then she's again, leaning on the police. It's like yeah, seeing how this woman didn't know how to cope with what was in front of her yeah. made her a very sad character to me. And so I I was sad to not see her get some resolution. I mean, she got the gratification of thinking she killed Michael. Yeah. And by stabbing him. Yeah. Several times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I do suppose... Uh, I suppose that 
she was probably the most relatable character to me as well. Okay. Because we had had the conversation previously in the movie about how Michael wasn't staring out the window. Michael was staring at his own reflection. Right. Because he was a killer. Because he was brutal. Because he was evil. Because he was dark. And he was fixated on it. Having her return to that place, mm-hmm. to me, felt a little bit like she was struggling with everything she'd done. Because you have to, you have to figure the average person, even in a situation where someone as evil as Michael requires violence in, in mm-hmm. a situation like to defend yourself. Right. Nobody wants to kill people. No. And thinking that she had killed someone, I think she was wondering if she had darkness in her. Okay. Not only from killing Michael, but also from the relationship she had had with her mother. And mm-hmm. so I th- I interpreted that moment of her returning to the window as her questioning whether or not she was part of the darkness. <clears throat> especially because of everything that had happened with the lynch mob right. and, and all of that nonsense. Yeah. That was a really wonderful moment for me. Okay. And in my opinion, the whole story about Michael in the window was a great addition to the lore. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot. Um, I I thought it was super effective. It was creepy, but it was smart. And it was, I don't want to say fun, but it was, it was like, oh my God, like, I I never would have even questioned why he was standing at the window. Right. I would. I, it was. Like, but then to have them be like, I don't think he was looking out the window. I think he was looking at him his own reflection in the window. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, how creepy. Yeah. No, I I agree. I I honestly thought that they put her there because then when they shot her death, Michael's in the window. Well, Michael's in the window, but it's also when <laughs> when they shot her death. I mean, you've watched it twice, so correct me if I'm wrong, but the way they shot it, the the cutting away and cutting back in, looked a lot like, like Judith. Judith. Yeah, I'm sure that was part of it, too. So that was where I was coming in, was that they were kind of bringing that full circle a little bit. Because she had been comparing herself to Judith. Because she did compare herself to Judith earlier. Hmm. But, um, yeah, that's where I was with it. But yours makes a lot more sense and is very poetic, so we'll go with that. No, I think yours actually <laughs> makes a lot of sense, too. And I I would be surprised if it wasn't part of the reasoning. But I think all of those things tie together. I don't think one is exclusive to the other. I think the idea of her being kind of put in the same situation as Judith, but having a good reason to be there is yeah. fine with me. Okay. Um. Are we missing anything? Is there anything glaring we'd like to talk about before we before we move on? I can't really think of anything off really the top of, of my head. Like, I, I will say I loved this movie. I'm not even going to say I liked it. I loved it. I had a great time. I thought the kills were fun. I thought the story was fun. I thought it was inventive. I thought it tied together a lot of loose ends. I thought it... It created a great setup for Halloween ends. I'm excited for Halloween ends. And I, I, I did not have major problems with this movie. If you did, that's fine. It's your opinion. But 
I hope that it's because you gave it a fair shot. That's what I hope. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think... I, I don't know if I would go so far to say, like, I loved it, it was great. But there was certainly nothing wrong with it, and I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. Yeah. Like, which is all I really want from a Halloween movie is for me to have a good time. I will say I didn't like this movie any less than I liked Halloween 2018. Okay. I, I, I don't... Because... You could make the argument that 2018 was not terribly violent. It was kind of a slow burn. It was it, a slow burn. It didn't have a lot of scares. No. There was a lot of tension, but not a lot of scares. So it's like, I I don't see a fundamental difference between 2018 and this one. So it, I'm I, I'm going to say I, I didn't really have any major problems with it besides the Johns. <laughs> And those shitty kids. I did like the tributes of the masks to Halloween 3. Yeah, no, that was... Uh, It was was, was a fun little... I wouldn't mind knowing where he got the other two masks from, but... (laughs) What do you mean? The... Well, he had the skeleton mask, but then we see the pumpkin mask and the witch mask. Well, I think we're supposed to think that the kids dropped them when they run away. All right, that makes sense. That that was was my... Okay. interpretation anyway because they run away empty-handed That's and they true. weren't wearing the masks when they ran so okay uh yeah i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna say i loved it sam says she liked it uh <laughs> david hated I it i liked it a lot <clears throat> and we're gonna go from there please let us know what you thought <clears throat> we'd love to hear your uh what you liked what you didn't like and by all means be as brutal as you want as long as you can deal with me fighting it (laughs) (laughs) so if you want to get into it with pissy (laughs) yeah get into it with me anywhere on our social media you can find us at spookygayfam at gmail.com or you can write to us on any of our social media it's my spooky gay family on instagram or my spooky gay family podcast on facebook you can find us at spooky gay fam on twitter and you can find us at patreon.com slash myspookygayfamily if you'd like to hear what we're talking about in the minisodes and get some extra special exclusive content. We have, in my opinion, one of the most iconic episodes coming to you guys next week. (laughs) We have a very special treat. It is, of course, we are in week 12 of the 13 weeks of Halloween. Next week is the final, the 13th week of the 13 weeks of Halloween. So... We have a very special treat for you. And on top of our special treat for you, we have another special treat for you. We have two very special treats coming out next week in honor of uh, our favorite holiday, Halloween. So make sure you check back on Monday on Patreon.com. If you are following for minisodes, we will have a brand new minisode out on Monday. We also will have a brand new episode next Thursday. And you might want to check in a little before Thursday to see if there's anything special hanging around. (laughs) (laughs) So until next week, stay spoopy and remember. Do you know that when he was a little boy, he used to stand in his sister's bedroom and stare out the window? My partner died. The night he stood on that same spot. And for an instant before his death, he knew maybe he wasn't looking out maybe he was looking in at his reflection at himself 
My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Halloween Kills, distributed by Universal Pictures 2021. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel Productions.